Welcome to our astounding agents and investors nationwide. Today is June 17th, 2021, and this is Mastermind Podcast number 332. As I alluded to, we're gonna we're gonna cover we're gonna spend maybe five, ten, maybe fifteen minutes uh, going over a new program that we want to roll out this week, and then we'll get to your questions, comments. If you have questions about the program, that's fine. If you have just general probate questions, we will get to you, even if we have to stay a little bit of overtime this week. And I just before I introduce Bruce and let him go over this, I just wanted to preface it by saying this is our eighth year in the business, guys, and we always, I think, since day one. We've always had two, three, four, five, six projects that we're always working on that we really think would make our service better. And it's one of my original, one thing we've really found to be true, one of my original mentors had a saying, he used to say that everything is harder than you think it's going to be. It's usually simpler and less complicated than we try to make it, and it always takes longer than we want it to. And boy, that that is true. We had the idea of... uh, Probate Plus, and just two and a half years later, we finally were able to <laughs> perfect it and roll it out. So what I want to, I'm going to turn, what's that first? Short two and a half years later, we came up with a good pro, a good program because we, and it's not that it has to be perfect, but it's just got to be good enough to, to efficiently work at least as well as the rest of our system does. So the next thing I'll, Bruce is going to talk to you about, it's something that we tried once unsuccessfully, relatively unsuccessfully. It wasn't a complete flop, but we tried to come up with a program before, and it's something we probably have had on the back burner more than two years now. And I think we just talked to Bruce about it just months ago, and and he's put together an incredible program. So no pressure, Bruce. I'll let you, I'll give you the floor from here. All right. So guys, we are now going to be able to provide you with independent contractors that work directly for you making phone calls. Those of you that are investors, call these guys VAs. Those of you who are real estate agents, call these guys. So one and the same people, but ultimately they're going to be dialers and appointment setters for you and your business. They're going to work directly for you with no added markup. One of the things that we've, or that I have noticed over the years is there are a bunch of companies out there that go out and they hire some independent contractors that are all typically off and and, and they pay them five, six dollars an hour and then they bill you eleven or twelve dollars an hour. And while that's a great business model and it's still extremely affordable, we want to pass these trained ISAs along to you at cost. So you if if you choose to bring one of the ISAs that we've trained for you and provided on, then uh, you pay them directly. It's not necessarily an all-the-leads employee anymore. I don't even mean not necessarily. It's not an all-the-leads employee. It's your employee. So I want you all to know that if you're looking for calls, we have both domestic and international trained ISAs and VAs that are right now ready for you, and uh, we're bringing more on every day. This is something that we're going to be rolling out gradually. So this is very much a first-come, first-served product at the moment. If we get 100 people that want to sign up, it might take me a couple of weeks to start to deliver the trained ISAs for you, but but we've got a couple of them that are ready right now, and I just wanted to let everybody know if you're looking for someone to make those phone calls and help warm up your leads for you and give you a higher-quality lead, look no further. For the most part, depending on whether they're international or uh, domestic, you could pay under 20 bucks an hour probably, and all the way down as little as five bucks an hour if it's an international ISA. Let us know. 
perfect. And Bruce, I know you didn't want to get too much into the pricing, but just to be clear, it's not only finding them, but you're putting together a program that you will offer ongoing training to them. And there's a very small charge for that. I don't know if you want to go over that now or later, but so it's not fine and cut them loose. It's fine, monitor, keep, train them, give them support, encouragement, and training. And then, and this isn't, you hire one person and you're stuck with them for life. If you hire somebody and you feel like it's not working out, we can switch. We don't want you to do it every day, but you're their employee. They're, you're the employer. They're the employee. We are just like a sort of like a headhunter. I don't know if that's a good example. We went and found them, and then Bruce is going to coach them. And so, so it, what, it should be a de- delivered to you product. Go. Yep, it'll be delivered to you. So yes, the VA would be your um, contracted employee. So they're an independent contractor, but they work directly for you. And then I would be your, let's call it, let's use the analogy of a third-party HR manager. So I'm tracking their hours. I'm screenshotting their desktops to make sure that they're not watching YouTube videos on your dime. I'm doing two and a half hours of personal training with them every single week to make sure that they're the best of the best and that they're delivering leads to you the way that you need them delivered. One of the big things that a lot of people are going to ask that I want to go ahead and address right now is what they're trained to do. Are they trained to set appointments for you or are they trained to warm your leads up for you? And the answer to both of those is yes. Our primary approach is going to be to train them to warm your leads up for you. For those of you that have been on these calls and been on foundations in the past that I'm a big advocate of you making phone calls, I don't ever want to tell you as one of our subscribers to not make phone calls. I I, I want you to, I want to teach you how to call. But this is someone who could literally step in and call for two, four, eight hours a day and supplement some of those personal phone calls that you're making. And I want you to think of them like a metal detector. You're out on the beach and you're trying to find the leads that are ready, willing, and able to sell a house. And, and instead of having to comb through all the sand, you've got someone that's metal detecting for you and identifying who has real estate, number one, who's thinking about selling that real estate, number two, and are they willing to get an offer or have a conversation with you, number three. And if they come through all three of those screens with the ISA, then they kick them over to you and that's your lead from that point forward. And of course, it was your lead to begin with, but that's your relationship to nurture from that point forward. And uh, as a part of this, what I'll do is I, I will be charging a very small monthly fee to handle that HR, that support, and that group training. And that would just come to our... Okay. Was that so, clear? As Bruce, Did I make it... Bruce, was that a little bit better? Yep. 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 Bruce, what you're saying, but, I want to make sure that you're saying what I want to make sure that they understand, which is that we, obviously, we have our ISA program now, and we're going to be folding that program into this new program. So those of you who are currently working with us, you'll just continue to do that, but you're going to be basically moved over this. So you're going to be grandfathered in, and and you'll certainly be first in line in your market to do this. It is a limited program. We're not going to do it for everybody. It is limited, and, and part of what Bruce is going to be doing is qualifying the folks that contact us and say they're interested qualify them for the program. He'll talk with you and customize the best way to do this program for you, which will determine what your costs are going to be and all that. And he'll explain all that. And then going forward, Bruce will basically also be working with you also as a contractor and manage those people for you as your HR. The bottom line is you won't have to do any of it. You'll simply have 
contractors that work for you, and we're managing it all for you under this new program that we're putting together. So Bruce will be a contractor as well as the folks that are there, and he's going to help make sure that they're doing the perfect job for you to deliver the best results. It's a hybrid program. Nobody's done it the way we're doing it before, and plus to be pretty innovative in the things that we do, and that's why we're so excited about doing this. We know that what we're, we're offering hasn't really been tried before, and all we need to make sure of is that the folks that are doing it for you are both affordable and extremely well-trained, and then make sure they're monitored correctly, and that's what Bruce is going to be handling for you. Is that a, is that a same thing wrong? No. You hit it. Hit the nail on the head. Perfect. Okay. So if anybody has any questions about that, you should hop hop in the queue and ask them. The other thing I was going to say is we should probably tell them what to do to get involved in this, and it's very simple. Simply contact your sales rep and say, hey, I'd like to get in line with Bruce to see if I can get qualified for this program and at least learn the details and follow through with all that, and then we'll take it from there. Bruce will reach out to you. He'll qualify you. It's set up. And, and I, Bruce, I can hear somebody saying, I, I don't know who my sales rep is. They could also just email you directly. Is that a good way to do it, Bruce? Or do you want them to go, Tim, do you want them to go through support or the sales rep, or it doesn't really matter? It doesn't matter as long as they, any of those ways will work. We're going to get them to. Oh, yeah. Support and, at alltheleads.com, Bruce at alltheleads.com, or call your salesperson. Go ahead, Bruce. I stepped on you twice. Just tell me what qualifying you means. Number one is we want to make sure that you're that you're understanding that you're not doing this in lieu of all effort on your part. That's not what this is. You're still putting the effort in. You're still prospecting. You're still marketing. You're doing all the things that we teach you to do. This is just your this is your team. And qualifying you, we're going to make this very limited in each market. What we don't want is the same ISA using the same script or the same ISA team using the same scripts on the same leads when there's two of you in a market. And if you're in a market and want to lock your territory up, let us know because that's one of the big qualifiers that we're going to have. The only other qualifiers are going to be how much time you need. Do you need eight hours a week, 10 hours a week, 40 hours a week? What do you need? And can we tailor? And then we'll figure out whether we can tailor that program for your needs. Perfect. All right. Perfect. All right, partner. Anything else from my partners? I think we pretty well covered it. We have three in the queue now. Uh, if you have questions regarding that, if you have wins, I did want to congratulate Doug last week at the win of the week. He generated about $360,000 on an eight property deal from about a two month old lead, I think. So you don't have to top that. If you have any win at all, we're always looking for that. We're here to help you. So if you have any specific questions about the program, hit star six or hit one. If you have any generic things that you want to share, questions, concerns, same thing, hit star six and hit one. And we do have a few people in the queue. So let's go to our first caller. First up this week is phone number ending in 9902. You're up first. Yes, uh, Rick Wilson here in Charlotte, North Carolina. How are you all doing? Hey, hey, Rick, doing great. How about you? No, no complaints. I was making a call today and spoke with the PR. She was in her car driving, so it was awkward because I'm always concerned about people driving, kind of talking at the same time. Uh, she did tell me, of course, classic objection after telling her helping families go through the probate and process and or helping people or inherit real estate uh, solve problems. And she said, of course, that she didn't think I could help her. So I didn't get, I didn't want to go any further on that because I just thought that would be inappropriate flying down I-95. 
But I did have a question on follow-up with her taking, because I plan on following up. Should I wait till after my next letter or maybe send something to because I'm sending the letters out monthly. Should I go ahead and send something to her like a checklist right now and follow up right away? I'll just call her over the weekend and say, I'm sorry, we wouldn't talk longer. I know you were on, on your driving and all that. So what do you suggest there? I don't want to not drop this because this is somebody probably will talk to me in the right right. Yeah. Uh, Rick, she said that she didn't think that you could help before you guys got off the phone. Is that what I heard correctly? And the reason I would I knew what to do from there, but the problem was she was driving. So my response was, okay, listen, let's stay in touch, and if something mm-hmm. changes, we'll certainly be up here to help. So I do want to follow up with her because she's, she want, I, I think she wanted to talk. It was just really not the right sure. time in a car going down the road 75 miles. Yep. So. Hey, if somebody wants to answer the phone, I would hold. Them, I would keep them on the phone. But you're 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 probably a better person than me. So, so. the the what to do is I would start uh, her on a um, personalized or customized mail campaign. I wouldn't at this point since you guys didn't speak very long. I wouldn't take her out of your all the leads campaign, which I know you weren't planning to do. Some of you know that. I teach you if you have a great conversation with someone, you don't want them getting a letter the next week saying, hi, my name is Rick. I wanted to introduce myself. So if I have a conversation with someone, I'm usually going to take them out of the All the Leads campaign. In this case, I'm not. But I'm going to encourage you to send her two two mail pieces before that next letter goes out and probably call before the next letter goes out as well. So I, I would write her a handwritten personal just thanking her for the time put your card in there, let her know if she needs anything at all, that you're here to help. And then within about a week, I'm going to send a probate checklist with a cover letter that says um, we didn't have much of a chance to to talk. And just so you know, it doesn't have to be real estate related. It could be anything from A to Z and then fill in what A to Z means on that cover letter along with the checklist. And then I'm going to call her after that checklist. So I want I want you giving her two pieces of value in the mail. I'm probably going to encourage you to send that checklist and that cover letter as in a letter-sized envelope. So don't fold it up. You put it in eight and a half by eleven envelope. It's more likely to get opened um, when you're sending a personal touch item like that. And then just give her a call afterward and say, "Hey, you were driving down the road." So do this, do both of those letters over the next week, and then call her the next week okay. after she's gotten both pieces. Thanks, I did have uh, one or two quick other questions, and one was, do you leave messages if you get voicemail? Definitely, definitely. Okay. So Even though you haven't it, talked to them before, they have received a letter ostensibly, supposedly received a letter from you. Go ahead and leave voicemail. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that first message, so the first time I call someone, if they don't answer, it depends on how soon I plan to call them again. So if it's within mm-hmm. two or three days that you're going to do a follow-up call, don't leave a message. You, you want gotcha. maybe some curiosity to kick in. If you're not yeah, going to call again yeah. for a few yeah. weeks, leave a generic mm-hmm. message. Hey, this is uh, this is Rick. I had uh, I I shot you a letter and brochure a couple of days ago. Wanted to make sure you got that. Understood what it was for. If you could give me a call, I'd appreciate it. So generic. Now, mm-hmm. after that generic message, if someone has proven to you that they're not going to call you back then your messages need to start getting more detailed because those detailed messages with your elevator become an extension of the marketing you're going to do. 
That way, if they're getting a letter that says, I help with real estate repairs and maintenance, personal property, and they're getting a voicemail every two weeks that says, I help with real estate repairs and maintenance, personal property, it's really going to start to stick through that repetition. So your Mm. first message is generic. Your subsequent messages are concise and specific. How about... How do you use texting if you use it at all? Jim, I think, has done a little bit more texting than I have. I may, after a couple of months, and this is a way, not the way. I haven't really tested text. But after a couple of months of not getting someone, I might follow a voicemail up with a personalized text. I'm usually not going to do a bulk text drop just because of the legal and FTC risk that's, that's involved in that. But if they haven't answered for three or four calls, I might call, leave a voicemail, and then maybe text that afternoon just to see if they engage a little bit faster over text than the phone. I've used that approach in the past with other leads. I think that's a good way of doing it. I just wanted to see if your experience reflected my own. I've never done text mail drops, and I'm not likely to do so because of the issues. Uh, Okay, listen, those were my questions. You you answered them, and I appreciate it. Unless uh, someone else has something to offer, I'm all ears. But no, I haven't really done texts in the past unless they specifically say, text me your info, and then I've done it. But I've never done text mail campaigns. We have had subscribers that have had claimed, that have claimed very good success with it. Like Bruce said, just be careful. You don't, until you have some kind of a relationship with them or you have permission, you're not supposed to text them. It's probably, I don't know if it's more or less risky than a voicemail. It's probably a little bit less. I'm, I'm not real sure. Tim might have an opinion on that. But it, I, I don't not do it because I'm afraid of the consequences. I just, I'm just not real savvy <laughs> at how to do it in bulk. If I, w- if I was, I probably would have done it the best. The only thing I would say is that I always sound like the, the voice of, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. TCPA is pretty specific. TCPA being the federal act that governs using the phones and using text for that. Pretty specific about what you can and can't do need to make yourself familiar with that and all of that. You certainly, I would certainly never give the advice to go and blast out uh, text everybody that you have without permission. And if you read the TCPA, what it says is get permission. And as you talk to people, you need to make it part of your conversation that says, hey, if I've got updates and stuff like that, is it okay with you if I communicate with you by shooting you a text to let you know if I've got some pricing information or if I've got a question or whatever, sometimes it's easier for people to communicate that way. Is that okay? If you get them on the phone and give you permission, go for it. Then use it freely. If somebody gives you that permission, they're likely to use it. And the more as time passes, the more that we are communicating with people, it's becoming painfully obvious to me. I feel older every day because most people today, we've become very insular. We seem to prefer text communication. This is going to be something that we've got to deal with going forward for sure. And you just need to make it part of any conversation that you have with anybody to get that permission and make sure that it's there. Now, legally, you probably should find a way to get it in writing, put something out to somebody in an email that they agreed to and all that. And I think that's something that we need to do a better job giving you guys in general some advice about how to do this so that you can begin to build a textable list because it's a very valid way to communicate. I'm going to give you one quick example, and then I'll get off my soapbox. We have a custom butcher here in our local marketplace, and certainly not normally be aware that there would be any specials on meat anywhere. 
And they do a really good job of once a week sending a text out with whatever specials that they have. And they've absolutely roped me in to come pick something up for the grill over the weekend by sending me a text. And it's not offensive and they don't overdo it. I get one a week. And you can get in that situation with people. It's a great way to be top of mind all the time. So I do urge you to get permission to do that and begin building that textable list. You're also going to have to give people the ability to make you stop doing it as well. So uh, yeah. you're going to have yeah, to build the right technology to do yeah. it. I think you're, you're right. I think you need to get permission on the text thing. And then you mentioned giving, I, I, for lack of a better description, passive approval by following quick, but that, you need their email to do this. But email them and say, thanks so much for the conversation. I'll be sure to incorporate texting and my updates to you. But if at any time, for any reason, you choose not to receive text, just let me know. I'll be happy to stop that right away. Something like that. Yep. Yep. So they, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tim. Put the onus on them, but now you can't have because if they respond, no, we didn't have that. No, I rethought that. Then you know that they don't want you to text. But they don't respond, and I think you got some cover. Yeah. I was while, while Tim was talking, I remembered there's a local wholesaler who I get texts from him probably once a week, and his texts are always the same. Hey, I don't know if you remember, but I think I recently met you. might have been a while ago at an open house, and you asked me to keep in touch. I I haven't done an open house in 10 years. I I know that's totally BS. It's just the way he texts out to to realtors to make sure (laughs) if they complain that he's got a a back door to back out of, which is actually, it's a little deceitful, but it's clever. And I appreciate his approach, and it doesn't bother me. I just... But yeah, the best, the better approach though is get the permission, like you said. So good yeah. question, and I do think I mentioned at the beginning of the call it is on our list, both an email and a texting program. I just can't say if it'll be in six months or two years, <laughs> but it is something that we eventually will will roll out, and when the priority it comes around in, in the priority list. So thanks for the reminder. Appreciate it. All right, guys, this is perplexing. We had five in the queue. And I guess you all have listing appointments because four of you uh, disappeared. Jump back in, please. Uh, Hit star six and hit one. We've got plenty of time left. We are looking for our win of the week. We're looking for challenges, looking for some input or questions about the, the new ISA program. Anyway, in the meantime, just hit star six and hit one and jump back in if you were in there or if you want to get in there. In the meantime, the remaining person in the queue is phone number ending in 8066. You're up next. Yeah, hi. My name is Beth Whitney. I'm from New York, Hudson Valley, New York. And hey, I have a little bit of all of that. So Good. So, have, yeah. oh, of course, everybody <laughs> jump back in the queue as you said that, but we that's okay. Take as long as you want. We're here for you. Go ahead. It's okay. I talk fast. I guess my first win is I've been working with somebody who has an estate house. She's been wasn't interested in a cash deal per se. She's been working on getting the house ready for market. Didn't want to put it on the market until it was cleaned out and showable. But I'm also an active real estate agent, and I had been working with a buyer that was looking for a house in that price range. And I asked her if I could maybe show the house to her before house to them before it was ready. And she said, "Sure, why not?" And we're in the middle of trying to get an off-market deal between the two of them. It's a win-win because they can afford the house. It still needs some work. She doesn't have to continue with all the work she had planned and she doesn't have to have everybody see what it looks like on the market. So 
I've got a home inspection scheduled on Saturday and fingers crossed we'll be able to pen something in the next week or two. So that was exciting. Awesome. That'll be a win of the week Um, for next week. Yeah, win of the week for next week. Yeah. And then on another kind of a, I don't know, uh, a challenge that I had recently was I was working with another client. I had met with them, but they hadn't actually gotten through the whole process of actually being able to, they were not yet legally um, able to sign any paperwork because the attorney was still working on getting them assigned as the personal representative. And I was working with them, following up every week, and as soon as they had the ability to move forward, they signed with another agent. So I guess my question, is there a workaround to that? Can I have them sign something that says, yes, I'm going to work with you, even if they don't have the legal capability yet of selling the home? There is a workaround, and I want to make it very clear that this is not a legally binding workaround, mm-hmm. but it is an emotional attachment that you're getting getting into with them. So I would have a letter of intent handy when you start talking with people and meeting with people, and I, I use letters of intent all the time. I don't even, some of you really strong listing agents are going to cringe when I say this. I don't even go to listing with listing paperwork. I go to listing appointments with a one-page letter of intent that lays out the expected price, the listing terms, and how soon they'd like to go on the market. And we fill in three blanks and I say, just sign here. This is not binding. You can change your mind at any point, but it gives me authorization to go get to work on your listing. And I would probably do something similar to that with the people that aren't ready yet just to get that emotional commitment. Now, I would have, I would bet based on what you told me, that they were probably dragging you and another couple of people along for the same ride and just not telling you about each other. So I think that this is one of those issues where you probably need to ask another extra quali- a set of qualifying questions to find out which other agents they're interviewing. So instead of saying, who else are you interviewing or have you spoken with another agent, I'm going to assume that they have and let them correct you. So at some point during that conversation process, I'd say, does this price line up with other prices that you've gotten, that you've received? And if they say, yeah, it's, a, it, it's right in line or it's a little high, it's a little low, then you know that they've probably been talking to a couple of other people. So it's, a, it's an indirect way of asking in a way that kind of tricks them into telling you that as opposed to hiding their other conversations that might be going on. Okay. Yeah, and I know that happens. It's just that there was a lot of follow-up and getting them lined up with other resources and things like that. And I was just looking for a way I get them to commit. And I agree. I, I understand it's not legally binding, but I think when they put pen to paper, there there is an emotional kind of my word is my my signature is my bond kind of thing. And Beth, I was gonna I was gonna add I was gonna add something to that real quick. I can remember. I can't say I did it a lot, but I can remember one example. It was years ago where I probably didn't do a real good job of qualifying and I didn't really know until I got there that they were not yet authorized to sign the paperwork. And I had my listing paperwork with me. I didn't have the letter of intent with me. And I'd check with your attorney. I don't think this is illegal. It's not binding. I just went ahead and had him sign the listing and said, okay, let me know when you get the authorization. I'll date it and send it. And it's not, as long as they they are going to be the legitimate executor and they, they're not fraudulently giving you permission. It's kind of like 
it's post post dating or it's like predating the listing. Yeah. And in, in that particular case, a couple weeks later, they called and said, "Okay, go ahead and submit it." So at least use what you got with you. And whether it's binding or not, anything you get signed is gonna is better than nothing. Because again, it's it's a commitment that there's somewhat of a commitment that they're making. So just gonna I triggered that example, and I wanted to throw that in also. Go ahead. And you, sure. I do. So I, as I mentioned earlier, I live in New York State. We are still under a state of emergency where um, cold calling and soliciting people that we don't know is prohibited. And because I am a licensed real estate agent, the fine is pretty steep. It's a $10,000 fine if I'm in violation, somebody turns me in and they find that I'm in violation. I've been very reluctant to test the waters with that. I will say, though, I've been doing some direct mail and getting, it's been crickets. I'm not getting any response from it. So I guess my question is, if looking for a workaround, if I use the ISA program, is that going to, because they work for me, it's still my responsibility? Or if I have somebody else that's managing the phone calls for me, can I get away with that? Well, that's part of the reason why why you're not hiring me or us for the for the phone calls. You're contracting directly with the ISA. Unfortunately, as much as uh-huh. I'd like you to be one of the first to sign up. They are calling on your behalf. And yes, yes, it, yes. yeah. It, could it shelter you a little bit? Maybe. But it's not gonna limit the it's not gonna limit or eliminate your risk. Here's the challenge with let me just say one thing here. This is Tim and of course I'm the corporate watchdog for the things that we do because it's part of my job. But the TCPA was designed very specifically it, it came out of insurance industries and, and other industries that started doing bulk calling and robo-dialing. And it's not designed to attack individuals who are doing one-on-one kinds of calls. However, it does cover that, and it doesn't mean you're not liable for it. The other, only other thing I was going to say is certainly you need to be well advised of the law, and we have the text in the full text of the TCPA on our website for that reason, and we're very careful not to not to do anything wrong in that arena, but I want to talk to you about your mail a little bit. Are you are we doing your mail for you or are you doing it? You are, and I've been trying to switch it up like the first month with the generic letter and then the second month with brochure. So, and, so here's the thing. I've you done, know, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. So let me make a suggestion to you. Let's work on, let's work a little bit on your content on the letters. And one of the things that I know people in today's market are having some pretty good success with is putting some, we are, we've done a real good job of creating this great letter that we put out and we put them out in the envelopes that we put out that look as though they're greeting card size envelopes and we do get good open rates. But I don't think we're in today's market, we're taking as much advantage of something that we could be doing that we should be doing. And and that is to maybe get really a little bit tighter on what's going out and what we've had a couple of people test and it's worked out well is to switch it off a little bit. And instead of letting the envelope do the job of getting itself open, we are having people put on there regarding the estate of colon and the name of the person that you're really calling them about regarding the estate of John Doe, Sally Doe on the outside of the envelope. In other words, it's a, it's on the face of the envelope so that they know what's inside that envelope and we're, we've got people doing them both in the greeting card size envelopes and doing them in number 10 envelopes, and they're getting good open rates. And so 
I think that okay. maybe we should talk with you about that or suggest that to your MIS person that you're dealing with to talk about that a little bit and see if we can come up with a better approach to getting the letters out because direct mail works, but you got to tweak it a little bit. you got to tune it, and okay. we're constantly looking at that. So give that a shot. Okay. That's great. Yes, I'm. Any those suggestions are wonderful. I appreciate it. Okay. I, I was going to add to it real quickly, Tim, that our subscribers that have done email campaigns in the past, especially to attorneys, have had real good luck with that. The subject line says regarding probate case number 756423. It, it just looks like some kind of an official communication, and it gets the envelope opened. It's the opposite of doing the big envelope that doesn't look like business mail. Sometimes in, in extreme situations like yours, you may want to switch it up, go back and forth and see if that works better for you. It's worth a try. Well, yeah. And business to business calling is not prohibited. So maybe going ah, through the okay. attorneys is a, a better way to come at it because it that that I can do, I know, without getting myself in hot water. Um, you can call the attorney very specifically and say, hey, I'm trying to reach the personal representative of Billy Bob Smith, and you're listed as the attorney of record, and I'm trying to reach your, your person there, and I'm a realtor, and we're, as you, Mr. or Ms. Attorney, I can't contact them directly, but got a potential buyer for that property. If there's property in that market or anywhere near there, I got a potential buyer and I'm trying to reach them and we can put money in their pocket today. Is there a way that you could help me get in touch with? And you're going to find the attorney potentially doing their job if you phrase that correctly to them and create a sense of urgency because that helps the attorney get paid. They don't get paid in some cases until they completely close out that probate. So you're going to help them get moving if you got a Great. All right. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. We have two more in the queue. That should take us pretty nicely up to the top of the hour. Next up is Joe Lehman. What's up, Joe? I have a question because the email and the announcement today on the IFA VA prospecting as independent contractors is very interesting, but I haven't seen anything about how you sign up. Yeah, that's a good question. You talk to either Bruce directly or or you go through support or your sales rep. Basically, it's going to be a an interview process with we've got a landing page on the way out. This is very much a I've started by training the ISAs first. So, my effort over the last month has been in identifying and training a couple of handfuls of ISAs. And the landing page and the sign up sheet is next, but it's not here yet. Okay. So it'll be a week or two or Probably a week. I, I, uh, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. In regard to what, bud? The deadlines. So go ahead. A web sign up. For right now, it's just going to come to me. And, yeah, and I mean, the web, web sign up's not precluding getting this done. Yeah, the bottom line to answer Joe's question is get in touch with Bruce. We said on earlier on the call, either send an email to support at alltheleads.com okay. or to bruce at alltheleads.com or call your sales rep. Any one of those three will get you in line to get in Bruce's queue and once he gets you squared away, we'll find a way to help you get moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, the yeah, there's definitely no no need to wait for a web page to be up to sign up. I have ISAs that are ready to go. All right, great. Hey, Joe, is, Joe, I'm just curious. You're probably as good as anybody. I've known you a long time, and you're probably as good as anybody I know getting on the phone and making the calls. And you still are considering hiring an ISA? Is it just a bandwidth issue? Why you want to do it to to give yourself more time to do other things or is it yeah. or you were just curious okay that makes sense sure yeah okay 
So we line them up and you knock them down. This allows you to only talk to the higher level people that have raised their hand and are ready to do something. I love it. And we'd love to have you testing it, Joe, because I know you get great results with it. So, yeah, please do. Put him to the top of the line, Bruce. If anybody (laughs) move Joe to the top of the line, we'll take care of you right after the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Second question. I love that regarding the estate of blank on the outside of the envelope. Yep. Uh, how can I get that added to my mailing campaigns? Who do I contact your, who are you dealing with? I, I can look this up. Joe, we'll make sure somebody gets in touch with you right okay. after the call. And also, yep. Do we have a pre-set up email campaigns to attorneys or has that just been something that individual participants in right. ATL have done? Yeah, we have an attorney letter and... I know the letter. Yeah. And that's generally what it is, that particular letter, but you need to customize it, obviously, to make it work for you. No, he was asking about emails. He was asking about emails, Tim. Yeah, no, we, yeah, no, it's okay. We've had agents in the past uh, tell us they were successful. We've never really been anybody, able to get anybody to share a successful campaign. So I would love, and it is on coming attractions. It's just not at the top of the list. It is something eventually we're going to automate. It's going to be a product we're going to offer. It may not even be this year. In the meantime, I would really ask anybody out there that's got a good, successful email campaign with attorneys, let us know and we'll share it or go to All the Leads uh, Mastermind uh, Facebook group and put it in there. We really appreciate it if you share. That's all my questions. All right. Thank you, Joe. We got two more in the queue, guys. So that should should take us up nicely and finish off the hour. Next up is phone number ending in 4663. You're up next. Thank you for all of you about the ISA service. One logistical thing that occurred to me, the CRM management. So will the ISAs be operating from inside our CRM so that all of their activity can be tracked and any notes that they take? Or will they have a separate CRM and there'll be some more handing off of leads versus results? They will definitely have Um, access to our CRM. Bruce? Yes, they will have access to the CRM. They will, depending on how efficient you'd like them to operate, then I would normally encourage that they call through either a Mojo call tools. A couple of people are, I know, using Happy Grasshopper and some other dialers. At this moment, I've trained them on Mojo cells and call tools. So if you don't use a dialer and they're calling manually from your CRM, that's fine. It's going to slow their their calls, but they can add notes and screen and eliminate, exclude people from your campaign and everything inside of your ATL account, if that's something that you choose to give them access to. So I would... And Bruce said... I would... Go ahead. I would... I I think I would be very uh, open to having them operating from within uh, sales account. So in that case, my ATL leads would be in they would just be calling right down and they could flag calls for follow-up right from in there, correct? Mm-hmm. And so, correct. okay, Yep. so that's much more seamless. You mentioned that these were, t- and related to that, you mentioned that these were 1099. I hope that they're, they would be considered 1099 uh, payees, right? So that we remove the employer-employee relationship so that they're if not the they are employees. They're, if they're domestic, yes, 1099. If they're international, then they won't be 1099, but there is a similar form that you fill out to preclude paying taxes. So they are an independent contractor. Excellent. Okay, good. All right. And that's the ideal, that's the relationship I'd be looking for. So now back to the Mojo cells. I'm not supposed to direct their time. I'm not supposed to direct their efforts. But if I ask them to be inside my Mojo cells, making the calls, does that cross that line between employer-employee relationship? 
Yeah, you can you can offer direction. There's being being an employer employee. I, I understand what you're saying. They are still contracted with you, and so as an independent contractor, and you as the as the client that they have, you can direct how you, things to be done. Now, with that said, I want to make it very clear that that's the one that for for the most part, I'm training them on their techniques and their dialogues. If you or if any of our subscribers have a an ISA that's full time, so you want someone for 40 hours a week, you'll have a little bit more authority over how they do their job than if you have them for part time because they might have three or four other clients if you're only part-time with them. And I need to keep their process uniform from one client to the other. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually wanting to have less control and less authority so that I so that I further establish that separation between contractor versus contractee so that I'm not responsible for their taxes or insurance or any of that. Okay. Yep. Okay. Understood. Yeah, so thank you. One, one thing that... One th- question or one uh, comment I have, something you prompted in my memory when you asked that question. When we first started doing an ISA program in-house, oh, probably two, three years ago, I still remember one of the early subscribers, the ISA got someone that had, and I might be exaggerating a little, although my partners will tell you I never do that, but someone had 21 properties and the ISA left a message for the agent. It was like on a Wednesday or Thursday, and the agent didn't call back till Monday, and the person had listed them all with someone else. Bruce, I don't know if you've given any to some kind of a hyper-notification process. And again, I guess it's your employee, but I would highly encourage you to give this person your cell phone number or the thing that you're going to most quickly respond to and say, please, when you get a hot one, notify me immediately and get right on it because you're paying these people money. What you don't want is for them to to make a note in the CRM. Like you just said, you're not paying attention to the CRM anymore. And by the time you see it, they've listed it with someone else. So yeah. set some kind of a we notification have, mechanism like that, please. We have almost immediate notification when when those go out. So I have managers that are Good. going to be working on the end that get notified, and then they immediately notify the client. Perfect. And give that to your highest priority to call those people right back. That's great. All right. Thank you, sir. We have one last caller, and then we'll wrap it up this week. I'm going to close the queue. Last up this week is phone number ending in 6003. You're up last. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. Sorry. This good is evening. Bailey. I am in Sarasota, Florida. I am new to all the leads. I have not signed on with you guys yet, so I'm just exploring what all you have to offer. So I jumped on this ISA call because I thought that was a pretty interesting level, extra level to be at. And I am wondering how you guys are getting your leads. Yeah, and we'll give you a quick answer, but if it's okay with you, your first name, Patricia? Oh, Bailey. I, I saw Patricia Dempsey on the caller ID. So, Bailey, what I'll do, if it's okay with you, if you're in our system, you've been assigned one of our support people, I'll have them reach out to you and explain the whole program to you after the call, if that's okay. okay that'd, that'd probably be, be a more efficient way to do it. Do either of my partners want to give her, like, a two-minute uh, summary, or should we just do it after the call? Any, any of you guys want to I'll, add anything I'll be, to her? I'll be glad to do it, and it'll finish off the call. Okay, perfect. Okay. Go ahead. So... We do it in, in multiple different ways, and I think it's, that's really the issue here. It, it's very much dependent. Initial, initial data gathering is dependent on the court. Some courts put their data online, and wherever that's possible, we do what we can to gather 
that information as efficiently and easily as we can. If we can get it online, obviously that's what we're going to do. Uh, a lot of courts do not allow that, and it goes from that all the way to, depending on the court, we have circumstances where a court will only allow us to pull five records a day, and we already have to know in advance who the deceased person is. So it, the effort varies based on the courts. Once we have the initial data, then that's pretty much where our automation goes in. Jim mentioned earlier on the call that we've been at this for, I think, eight years now, and over that period of time, we've gone from the one-step automation process in the beginning to the fact that at this point, your data is going through about 32 steps before it gets to you. We make sure that it's a valid deliverable address uh, from the Postal Service. We make sure that it is not only valid from the, the formatting of the address, but that indeed it's not going to get bounced because there's nobody at the end of the line there. We also make sure the phone numbers are correct. We go out and find more phone numbers. We augment that. We augment as much as we can to make sure all of that data is there. And then there's another full set of processing we put it through called Probate Plus. And in Probate Plus, we add a step to that, and it, it sends it off into other automation to go and pull the data that's there to determine if indeed Sally Beth Smith of 123 Elm Street owned any property. And just because there's a probate doesn't necessarily mean that there is property. In most cases, over 60% of them, there is property owned because most states have thresholds for probate that require a certain dollar amount or you don't have to go through a formal probate hearing. So typically there is uh, property, but then we go find that property, not only in, in your local market, but anywhere in the United States. And you mentioned, I think you're in Florida. Florida is one of the most prevalent markets for having property that is local and also property where they came from because we have such a high snowbird population here in Florida. Folks come down here, they buy a condo in Sarasota, and they still own their uh, property in New York or their property in you know Cleveland. So we go find that. We'll also find their other vacation homes or wherever they have property so that when you're talking to the customer, you have as much information as you can. So those are the multiple steps that we go through. We know that we, I will say this, and it sounds like we're bragging. I don't mean it that way, but we do a better job than anybody in the world in this area. We really bend over backwards to make sure we give you the most accurate and actionable information that we can to make sure you can contact your customers and uh, be successful. That's why we've been doing this for eight years. Does that answer your question? Um, yeah, it, it did. It did give me a good overview. Do you also have a referral system? Yes, we do. We're actually working on this one of the, if you've, if you've been on the whole call, Jim mentioned that we take a while to get things done. And we really try to make sure it's as flawless as it can be before it goes out. We're trying to do exactly that in particular, based on what I just said, that if you find someone, for example, in your local marketplace, and you also see that they own something in Scottsdale, Arizona, you need to have a, a realtor partner out there or an investor partner out there who can also pick that up out there and run with it, and you can get paid. So we are working on that program, but if you find something in, in a lead that we've furnished you, and they are in a different marketplace, if you'll let us know right now, we'll get you paired up with somebody in a different marketplace that you're looking for, and we'll help you find that person. We're going to formalize that with an online program soon, but we certainly have helped people through the years many times find a partner to work with. Okay, that's good to know. All right, well, thank you like for letting me jump on the call. All right. We'll get right back with you. You got it. Guys, another great call. I, I 
always end the calls the same way. I want to surely thank each and every one of you for being here today. I want to particularly thank the half a dozen or so of you that actively participated. I want to challenge each of you to take one idea, and we certainly had some good ones on this call, that you heard today that really inspires you. Go out and put it into practice, and please come back next Thursday and share your results with the group. Have a great week, guys. We will talk to you same time next Thursday. Take care, everyone.